0: This is episode one hundred and seventy-three of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast, and we are in a new studio, so if it sounds a little different. Just chillax. We're going to figure this whole thing out. But anyway, I have to tell you that a lot, Don Pops. Chillax. Chillax. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the older is you good. get,
1: the, the just the the water more wound crazy. up you get. Yeah, and chillax is a good word for you, Pops. I, You're pretty like chillax it. for an old man. It sometimes depends. <laughs> <laughs> you have your moments for right? sure.
0: Oh, you've heard <laughs> my moments, I have and, you, your and moments. yet you still. Well, you've heard about it. We're still friends. Hard to believe it. But anyway. Anyway, Anyways, you listen to the podcast today. Just take a few minutes to go and uh, remind someone to listen. Post to Facebook, Twitter, call them on the phone, text them, whatever it takes. We want to help them be able to take the word of God and connect it to their everyday life. And a big part of that is when we go to the ends of the earth as a church through the people that God has brought to our church and missionaries that we know all around the world. And uh, there is no greater, I feel, uh, way that we can show that we really believe what Christ has done for us by going to the ends of the earth. That's right. So, Pastor, that's what we're here today to talk about.
1: Okay, so we've got with us today uh, our crew that just got back from Indonesia. mm, Yeah. Uh, So if you're part of the Northwood family, you know that a few weeks ago we sent out a team to Indonesia, and the three men that went... Uh, Pastor Logan is here, and then also Joshua and Andy are here with us. So guys, how are you doing? Logan, you all right? It's been a while.
2: Yeah, it has been a while. I thought I was never coming back home. I'm glad to be back. And every time
1: we have you on, I always say you're never coming back home, but you, you find yourself back on here again. <laughs> I'm glad you're back. Me too. <laughs> and so so you took uh, these two, why don't you tell us a little about these two men that you took with us? Because these two men, um, this was a big deal for them.
2: Yeah, it really was a big deal. This was both of their first international mission trip. Yeah, uh, this was Andy's first time on an airplane. Wow! Andy, first time on an
1: airplane. Tell wow. us about that real quick. What was it like flying for the very first time?
3: So we had a three-hour flight at first, and I was like, "Man, this is gonna be easy." And then just Logan and Josh just smiled because we had a fourteen-hour flight right after that. But it was it was fun. I really enjoyed it, and <laughs> you didn't use the air-sick bag on the plane. No, I, I debated it the first time. It was a little <laughs> bit, it was a little shaky that first <laughs> lift off. Um, but after that, it's all. That's good. a pretty
1: weird sensation for the first time, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Like
3: you, you feel you feel weightless, and at the same time, you're like, "Where did gravity go?" You know, it's it's strange.
2: <laughs> it's like you're in space. Isn't yeah, it? Like kind of. Of. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yep.
1: I'm sorry, Logan. Why don't you continue to us about the journey here?
2: <laughs> so, yeah, first international mission trip, and this was a big one. Yeah, just, huge. Just by nature of the travel to get to Indonesia, that's a lot to ask somebody to yeah. do. Um, and then Indonesia is just a vastly different culture. Yeah. And so uh, Josh and Andy, Josh is serving in a residency mm-hmm. with us he at is. Northwood, and he's, he's done an awesome job so far this year. And Andy's
1: serving with our students. He's in our school of ministry. Well, they're both in mm-hmm. our school of ministry, so both of them are very committed to the work here at Northwood and serving a lot of ways.
2: Yeah. And so it's honestly, it's been fun getting to know them this past semester, just through doing classes with them yeah. and get to hang out. And then, so it, it was a really neat experience for me um, just to get to see two guys for the very first time experience. Yeah, international that missions is really cool. um, and,
1: and two guys who'd never been on an international mission trip, but both are feeling a call towards vocational international missions so never been, but both feel like, Hey, this is where we need to go. Like not just on the short term trip, but like, live our lives in a different part of the world for the sake of the gospel.
2: For sure. And that was different for me, honestly. I mean, most teams we take it's church members who they work here and live here and they're probably not going overseas for their entire lives or to go live full time. Uh, So it really was, it was neat for me to see that through their lens to get to relive some of the experiences of just being on the field. For the first time. We had a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, out, you know, we got sick. But outside of that, like the trip was just fun. It was fun. You just almost getting died. Out. It was that bad. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. So, but. You know, you, you know how it is just sitting in airports or driving um, from one city to the next. Yeah. You get to have a lot of good conversations. You do. You do. and get to know each other. And honestly, it builds a bond. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Um, one of my favorite things to do with brothers and sisters in the faith is just go serve on a mission together. Yeah. Uh, it's one of the very best. There's things nothing, like, do it. There's yeah. nothing so like it. There's nothing like it. I had a fantastic time. Fantastic time. Okay. getting to know them better. And yeah. Um, hopefully, it was a helpful trip
1: for them. So, I want to ask you guys a lot of questions before I ask you, uh, Joshua and Andy, a lot of questions. Logan, kind of tell us. I, mean, I, I know that people in our faith family they they probably know. Maybe maybe they don't know though. Wh- why Indonesia? Why we, this is the second time we've gone to Indonesia? Why do we? Why are we going to Indonesia? Because we'll go back again to Indonesia, Lord willing. Why?
2: Yeah, so back in 2019, we were looking for new partnerships and what that was going to look like for us to serve internationally. Uh, Adam Winters is an international mission board missionary. He and his family have been serving in Indonesia for 17 years now. Mm. So I mean, you think about that's he's probably one of the longest tenured missionaries on the field. Yeah, um, there's just most most people leave after three years, and so he has a ton of experience. Uh, Jared Winters is our our worship minister, and that's that's his brother. So it was just a really a natural connection for us. Um, We went in 2019 for the first time, and it was a really good experience, but then COVID happened, and it it shut the world down. shut everything down. um, This was really the first time that we've been able to get back on that side of the world, Uh, and it's, it's just a natural connection. I mean, it is. It's a tough trip to get over there, but once you're there, The ministry is really good. You're able to have tons of gospel conversations. Everyone is open to talk to you, to hear from you. Uh, Life really isn't that much different, especially in the city that they're living in. Mm -hmm. Um, It's it's relatively developed, and so you know, in a lot of ways, it feels like normal. I mean, you know, it's it's a different part of the world, and so there's there's cultural differences, but. it's just neat, and I mean, it's neat to see Adam and his family. They're just living there. Like yeah. his kids were born there. That's yeah. home for it's, them. Yeah. They homeschool there. They go to church there. Like they live a, a fairly That's their normal life. life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so, I think it's a good partnership for us, especially with what they're trying to accomplish. They are very heavy on sharing the gospel, making disciples, seeing disciples that make disciples. They want to help national believers yeah. really do the work of the ministry, and they're there to help foster that. And so I think that's something that we can plug in with really well yeah. to assist in. It's it's an unreached part of the world. There's plenty of people groups in Indonesia that have no access to the gospel right now, or right. very few believers in their people groups. And so um, that's part of just our vision as a church. Mm. We want to be involved in that in some capacity, right. right? Absolutely. So that provides us a very natural way into that, and I, I think it really will be a good and healthy partnership down yeah, the road.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So, so. Obviously, Logan's been on a few international trips before. I've been on a few international trips. Pops has been on a few trips before. Pops lived overseas. And in Africa, when he first yes. started ministry with his wife, Kelly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we actually, the, the first
0: time we ever flew on an airplane. Oh, so it was, that was your first time? It was to Swaziland. Well, there you go. And never been on the mission field before. See, there you go. So, it
1: so, yeah. so y'all are good. ahead of yeah. me. Yeah, that's right. So, 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 but I want to ask you two guys, okay? So, so Logan got you there. You spent 45 million hours on the airplane getting there, but you finally got there. And so you get there, you meet Adam and his family, you start to get settled, you start to, to see your surroundings a bit, and this is your first international mission trip. What were your first impressions when you got to Indonesia? What was going through your mind when you got there as you started to start to see some things and what was going through your head?
4: Yeah. So it was, you know, it was really a great experience. And then just from getting off the plane and just experiencing a different culture, I mean, when you're on the road, people are driving on the left side of the road. And I mean, that's different. And we initially went to Jakarta and Jakarta is about like one fourth the size of Atlanta, but it's about seven or eight times more densely populated. Mm -hmm. So just a lot more people, people are just, just sitting on the street. Um, and just from talking to those people and just, it was amazing how much the culture was different yeah. between here um, and over in Indonesia. Cause people are just a lot more relational, a lot more communal. Like you can go up to a stranger and talk to them for three hours and that's all right. Yeah, um, And just having a spiritual conversation is literally like talking about the weather. So yeah. it, it was neat to be able to see that different in culture.
1: Yeah. What about you, Andy,
3: first impressions when you got on the ground. I think the, the, the biggest thing for me was, as soon as we got off the plane like the language right mm. you know me as an English speaker and not knowing any other language yep. like right and all you're
1: hearing is another language right. that's a wild sensation and it's it?
3: like and you know that they're speaking like like it's making sense to them but like for you <laughs> it just sounds yeah it, it has no there's no comprehension yeah. and so just realizing like wow like if Adam just like drops out for any reason like we're, we're gonna have a fun time trying <laughs> to get back <laughs> <laughs> but I think yeah just the, just the importance of, of language and we got to see that throughout the course of the week, yeah, right? Just yeah. Adam being able to, to speak to people in Indonesian or in Javanese, like it, it meant so much yeah, to those yeah. people. Um, and, and I think that's such a, a big thing for missionaries when, when they learn the language, because that's a huge portion, right? That's it right. shows that you care enough about their culture right. to, to, to bridge that gap. Yeah,
1: I remember my first mission trip was to Russia. And Russia, kind of like, it's a hard language. But just I remember the people there just being so appreciative if you tried, right? If You said a few words the best you could. They were just appreciative that you try to speak in a language that's a that's a big deal um so just give us an idea what did the trip look like from day to day what what all did y'all do
4: yeah so a lot of the trip was literally just going out and sharing the gospel with people that were there um, and so we say
1: share the gospel how are people to understand mm-hmm. you're in a highly muslim context right Right? Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. So 90% of the people that are there are Muslim. So, you know, it's, it's weird because, I mean, you hear the call to prayer like five times a day. Mm-hmm. And so that's different. But we were literally just, a lot of it was traveling just to just different places. Like one place was just this beach on the Indian Ocean. And we just got to just talked to three of these guys and they don't know who Jesus is, never heard the gospel Mm -hmm. before. I mean, just went up to them and talked to them and shared. Mm -hmm. Um, and that, I mean, that was awesome. So it really was just being able to experience what Adam, the IMB missionary does on a day-to-day basis, which Mm -hmm. is just to share, disciple the people that are there and just start churches.
1: Yeah. 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 Go ahead, Andy.
3: I think the the coolest part about uh, this trip for us was that, so Adam knew that we were two young guys that really wanted to, to get on the field. We felt that call. And so Adam had planned it to where it wasn't necessarily like we were in one place sharing the gospel with like with one specific group. It was, we got to, to be in the city. We got to be in the rural areas. We got to be way out in the middle of nowhere. We got to go see an unreached people group. We got to go hike on a mountain and, and just the different ways that you can share the gospel in different contexts to show us like there's multiple ways to be able to share the gospel in a different culture.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So tell me about you, you obviously had the opportunity to share the gospel. A lot of different people will come back to that in a moment, but what about um, believers there? Do you to interact with many believers?
4: We, we did interact with a few believers and c- kind of what Logan was saying th- th- this morning is that they, they really do feel that responsibility of being in an area where it, majority of them are not christians and it's cool to see how much that they actually just take on their faith i mean i had one guy that helped translate the whole entire new testament of the bible Mm. um and how much more boldly that they have to go and go be so Mm. it was neat to be able to be there encourage them so it's cool to see how god is is working already
1: yeah so what did you learn about the church in indonesia
3: I think what, uh, one of the biggest things that we learned about the church in Indonesia is that, I mean, the coolest thing for me, at least was like their people, you know, they're, it's, you're on the other side of the world, but they still have wants, they still have desires. They still have family. They still will laugh and joke with you. We got to, to break bread with them and share. Um, they don't necessarily have, some of them don't have church buildings, right? You know, they'll just meet out in the park. Uh, and that's honestly another way for them to have gospel opportunities, yeah. right? Cause people can hear, they're singing worship songs and, and they're, they're sharing the word and so the nice part about indonesia is that it's not a culture that is super big on persecution they're about unity and diversity and so within jakarta you've got the biggest mosque and the biggest catholic church right across the street Mm. from one another and so it's really cool that the they're able to share so openly and so freely Um, it's just getting the the people to it's just sowing the seeds that the lord can open eyes
1: Absolutely. So, so you said you spent a lot of your time obviously sharing the gospel. Tell, tell us about that. Like how did that work? You saw people on the street. Let me go talk to that guy over there. He looks like he could, he wants somebody to talk to and you know, obviously you don't speak the language. So just walk us through what those golf gospel conversations look like and not only what they look like, but how are they received?
4: Yeah. I mean, it literally is like that and it can be intimidating at first. <laughs> and one of the things, See, that so what
1: I would do if it was me, I'd like, I'd like The big guys I would stay away from.
4: Oh absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, like the six
1: foot four guy, like no, I'll get that guy that's my size a little shorter, that's what I'll go share with.
4: (laughs) Right, right. I mean one of the things that Adam says is there's an eight year
1: (laughs) old somewhere, let me go find an eight year (laughs) old.
4: That would be great. I think when you know, okay, like I'm secure in the gospel and yeah. I'm called to share. I can't convert anyone. that Only only God can do that. And it, re- it really did look like in Indonesia just walking up to a, just a random person in the park and starting that conversation. And But you had
1: translators or you had Ooh. Adam. So Adam was your translator. Right. So
4: we had translators. And I mean, even that just brings another element to it, which is a little bit more difficult. Yeah. But I mean, they're, I mean, they believe that Jesus is a prophet. They don't believe him to be the son of God mm-hmm. or Jesus is Lord. So, And then even for some of them, like I talked to one guy and he was like, honestly, I do believe what you're saying, Mm. but I can't do it because of my family and that he would really lose, lose everything. But I mean, we all know around this table that, I mean, you lose everything, not following Jesus. So I I think that's how they grew up just in a Muslim family. And so that is just the reality.
1: Yeah. 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 what you think Andy about those gospel conversations?
3: Yeah. I think that there was, there was a mixed ways that people would receive those gospel yeah. conversations and it's, it's kind of fun, right? Because like you, you know, you're the plan, like Josh and I and Logan, we all had a plan going in. So you'd be a little nervous. Right. But at the end of the day, those people don't know that you're, you're trying, you have a plan to share the gospel with them. Right. Yeah. They just think you're talking about religion. Um, and so getting into those conversations is super easy. It's such a big part of their life. Right. If you go down the street, it's almost like in America, you see a church on every corner if you go to Indonesia, you see a mosque on every corner Mm -hmm. and they're beautifully ornate because that's one of the, the tenets of Islam is to, is to give to, to the mosques. And so, I mean, these people in abject abject poverty, you know, and they've got mosques that are glittering and shiny and and huge. Um, That's, that's another conversation, but the gospel conversations, like Josh was saying, they'd be received differently. Um, Sometimes the person would just flat out tell them, you know, we don't believe that Jesus is Lord. Sometimes they had no idea who Jesus was and they wanted to talk a little bit more about him and have Mm -hmm. some more explanations like those three guys on the beach that we were talking about. And then I think one of the most heartbreaking is, is the two guys that we talk with over coffee on Saturday where, you know, they, they believed everything that we said, but mm. at the end of the day, they were just like, can't do it. The cost is too high. Oh, and it's man. like, I just, and, and for us, that's so weird. Yeah. Well, Westiners. How did you leave that
1: conversation when they said the cost was too high? What do you do with that? Yeah.
3: For us, we, we continued to, to try to share, right, to, to point to the fact that, like, the cost is too high here, right? You lose, you, may, you may you may keep everything for, you know, 60 years, but for an eternity away from the God who created you. Um, and we tried to share that with different ways. But at the end of the day, all we can do is sow seeds, right? And we can only share. And, and I left them with, uh, I forget what exactly specifically I said, but I, I told them, I was like, you know, we just either the Quran or the Bible is true. I was like, we you know we can talk about this day to day. We can be respectful right at the end of the day. One of these has to be true. And I just, I just pray that you would just consider if you believe Christianity, be true, you believe what we've just said you to believe, you know, really, really pray about that. Pray, pray to the Lord to, to open your eyes to see yeah. what truth is. Yeah. Um, but it is so hard to leave that conversation because I mean, your heart breaks. Yeah. I mean, you, you've, you met with these people, you're sharing coffee, you're sharing uh, their interests and, and really getting to know them. And it's, it's, it's sad to, to hear that, you know, they, they believe what you say, but they just can't. Yeah. So
1: did Adam give you any pointers mm-hmm. on how to share the gospel in Indonesia? Kind of, what, what were his pointers to you guys as, as you were preparing to have these conversations?
4: Right. So he had a little bit of a different model than we might use over here. He uses the three circles. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, like, over here, I mean, we want to kind of start chronologically yeah. throughout the Bible, go with creation, then fall, yeah. restoration, I mean, redemption, then restoration. Whereas, like, you're sharing with them, initially, you're just asking, like, straight up, hey, are you... A, is, are you a Muslim? Are you a Hindu? Are you a Christian? And then they'll kind of respond. And then you say, you know, we all, we all want to go to heaven. We all want our sins to be forgiven. Do you believe like your sins have been forgiven? And 99% of the time they they're like, well, I think so, but they mm. can't say for sure. And yeah. then that leads you into be like, well, I, at least for me, I do know that my sins are forgiven and I know that to be, be true. And then you start going and sharing, but what, adam said to go ahead and do is like start with the life of jesus and then from there going into creation and really emphasizing where okay adam and eve they ate of this one fruit they disobeyed god and it was just one sin they didn't Mm -hmm. murder anyone they didn't steal anything they just ate of this apple and this one sin separated them from god Mm -hmm. and then showing from that, how after Adam and Eve they went to go hide, and then God confronted them, and then gave them new clothes. It showed, hey, there had to be a sacrifice for sins, mm-hmm. and you see that that was God's plan for the beginning yeah. that there has to be a sacrifice. And then, of course, then you start getting into again pointing back to the life and then death and resurrection. How Jesus, like he's the only true sacrifice yeah. that we can have in order to cover sin. So it's, it's a little different model, but it's the same gospel, yeah. like. Yeah. Yeah. Because gospel is always true. Yeah.
1: So, Logan, this morning in our worship service, he talked about the Unreached People group uh, that you got to interact with us in a little bit. Tell us about that. Give us some context on that Unreached. I know Logan talked about that this morning, but people listening, some of them might not have been here this morning or go to a different church. So, tell us about that Unreached People group you had an opportunity to to be around?
4: Yeah, so Logan might have a little bit more information, um, but we were just driving up to, to a mountain and we got up to the top of the mountain and it was just majority Hindu population. And a lot of those those people, in fact, most of those people, they're, they're not Christian. So they never heard the gospel, don't even have access to the gospel. I think we take that for granted just where we live that we can actually hear if we want to, where they don't even have a chance. And when you're walking through that city um, or town, whatever you wanna call it, you, I mean, you really do just feel the lostness and it's not something you can really just describe. It's just like, wow, like these, yeah. this is just how it is. Yeah.
2: And I mean, you need people to go and share. Yeah.
1: Plus, on that you told us the name of the group. Tell tell us again.
2: Yeah, so it's called the Tungar people group. Uh, they, like Josh said, they live on a mountain, just really in the middle of all these Muslims. There's this one mountain, and there's about a hundred thousand Hindu people there. So they're all in the same same people group, that Tungar people group, and they've just been there for a really, really long time. Uh, and if you have any exposure to Hinduism? It's it's a good bit different than it's very complex. Um, they there's a, a multitude of different gods. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hindu people often have no problem with liking Jesus. They just want to add him to the shelf That's of right. gods they already have. Um, and there's a lot of animism involved. So like uh, dealing with spirits and all these things. The people on the mountain are he was telling us like they're scared to go outside at night because they literally feel like a spiritual darkness yeah. around them. And so we, we met with a believer there, believer in his family. Uh, he's from that, the, from the Tunger people group. He's been following Jesus for a long time. And he was one of the ones that went through to help translate the new Testament. So Wycliffe Bible translators was working with them. Um, and they just got the new Testament in their language three months ago. Mm. Now, he, there's really no church up there. There's just a handful of believers in this vast people group of 100,000 people. Yeah. And he truly understands the need to go and share the gospel, the need to make disciples. And so that's what he's doing. Um, yeah. And like Adam and some of the other teammates there are partnering with him to, to try to go up there and share. But uh, just, just like that mountain, there's just a stronghold, yeah. darkness on yeah. it. And, that's wild. Um, and it's, it's so funny. The guy we were, we were meeting with, so they don't have the Old Testament in their language. The guy from Wycliffe has since left and he's just kind of by himself now. He is by himself just verse by verse translating through the Psalms Mm. right now. Mm. So he'll take, he'll take a verse from like, let's say we do Psalm one, one. He would take it on a recorder and play it for people in Indonesian. Mm. He would take it around to like 50 to a hundred different people. Mm. And he'd let them listen to it. He'd say, hey, how would you translate that in your native language? And he'd get it from all these people. Oh, wow. And then he'd go back and do his best to compile that to make the verse. Oh, wow. He's doing that with every single verse in the song. Wow. (laughs) Now. God bless him. And they're they're working to help get him some resources to make this a little bit more expedited because, you know, he won't get very far before the end of his life. But. That's how dedicated he is to making sure yeah. that these people have the Bible in their language. Yeah. And you think about it, that's just something we take so for granted. It is. Mm-hmm. We have hundreds of different translations in English, mm-hmm. and probably all of us have at least 10, Multiple, 15 Bibles yeah. in our homes. And, you know, he, he's just really dedicated to this. So it was just being on the mountain was a different experience mm-hmm. from where we we're in the city. The culture up there is different, the weather up there is different. I mean, it's, you know, you're going eight, ten thousand 10,000 feet just straight up. Um, just a really interesting and, yeah, and they're just yeah. on that mountain. That's where they live and they never really come off the yeah. mountain. They don't really have a need to. They might send their kids to the universities in Malong. Yeah. But so certainly if you're listening to this, um, you can go on JoshuaProject.com or get the Joshua project app. You can find that people group mm-hmm. and you can pray for them. Yeah. Um, and I would just encourage you to do that. I mean, it's, it's people we got to interact with. We got to talk with and, just people that need to hear the gospel. Yeah, yeah. They need more workers going. They need more support, and and so it's just really incredible. You know, yeah. we talk about unreached people groups all the time, and you, you actually experience among an one. unreached yeah, people group. Among it's it's among different.
1: One, yeah. yeah, you mentioned Wycliffe Bible Translators. That's a great organization. Uh, that, that's their mission. Their mission is to uh, translate Bibles into the language of indigenous people all over the world. And uh, Stacy, now we we financially support Wycliffe for years because we just believe in their mission and what they're doing. Um, I've been to a couple of their banquets I they used to do banquets quite a bit where they would tell you more about their ministry, but it's really a neat organization. Um, so if you're interested in that, I would Google Google Wycliffe Bible translators and, and see what they're about because they really are just a great organization trying to get the word of God into the language of, of people that don't have, uh, the Bible in their language. So, okay. So a couple more questions. We haven't talked about this yet, but we need to, because everybody wants to know, this is one of those questions. Everybody, everybody wants to know when you go on a trip like this, what about the food? <laughs>
3: What was the weirdest thing you ate? Um, oh man, what was I don't know about the weirdest thing? Chicken soto is pretty, pretty, pretty good. I thought yeah, uh, you can't get that if chicken it has pie. the word chicken. <laughs> it, has, it has to be like tarantula soto. <laughs> there wasn't anything super, super. Um, like off the wall that we ate, it was just incredible. Like how, how fresh everything was. Like we, we so had, fresh, you got sick, right? you're right, Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we had, uh, yeah, they, I'm pretty sure it was the, the Soto, which is basically chicken soup, but they had killed the chicken the day before. And yeah, so oh, like, oh. yeah, it was crazy. But I think the, the food was incredible, right? You know, even the, the street vendors, Oh my goodness. The street vendors are so incredible. Like I'm sure that oil has never been changed once, but mm. man, those fried tempura was so amazing. Mm. Um, I think the best thing we had was, the, the the red snapper right we oh, no nice. we were, we were wow the, that is nice in the middle of the absolutely nowhere uh, on the indian ocean yeah. uh, visiting with a, a former pastor and his family and supporting their business there and we had like fresh red snapper and calamari and rice mm. and uh, all good. kinds of fresh vegetables 20 bucks 20 bucks. I'm going right. (laughs) It was, it was absolutely incredible. And that was, that's how it was the whole, the whole trip. Everything was just incredibly cheap and so delicious. Mm.
1: You do okay with the food, Joshua? You liked it?
4: Yeah. I mean, honestly, I wasn't a huge fan of the food (laughs) compared to here. It's like for, for breakfast, they have rice. Like if they, if they don't have rice, they don't eat. That's That's what they tell you. That's right. So that, that
2: was, that was definitely different. Yeah. Yeah. That's, they got, got lots. You can get just about any fruit that you want to over there. Yeah. So, a uh, more tropical Apples, climate when they're on the yeah, coast. But, Adam, it's interesting. So, Java, the island we're on, you know, it's a volcanic yeah. island. There's, a vol- there's active volcanoes on the island. But for whatever the reason is, they have like one of the deepest levels of topsoil on the entire planet. Good coffee. They can grow like anything. Yeah, they'll just they plant. You should see like on the sides of the mountains. They'll just there will be nothing but just stuff growing on the sides of these mountains. Mm. They can grow mm. absolutely just about anything they want to. But it's the like, coffee is really good there, right? Did you the have coffee? It? Yeah. The coffee is yeah. yes, um, and it's interesting culturally. So they export a lot of coffee. Mm. They've just started actually drinking coffee themselves, like really good coffee recently. Yeah. Everything that they used to drink was just like the ground powder stuff. But yeah, very very wow. odd. But okay. they do. They grow incredible coffee. Um it's yeah, the, the food. I, I enjoyed the food, except for whatever made <laughs> us sick. But I don't know what that was. I hear it. You. was it was good.
1: So let me ask a couple more questions. One, so you guys went uh, already sensing the call of God on your life to to give your lives to serving in missions internationally. You guys have both been wrestling with that and feel like that's a direction you're going to go with your lives. How did this trip um, help you in understanding that calling that God has on your life?
4: Yeah, so for me and Andy, that's what we are looking at long-term. And I think, going, you just come back, just feeling that weight, just feeling Mm. that burden, Mm. just knowing that there is people just from where they were born that they won't even hear the gospel and they don't even have a chance to even know who Jesus is, to have that relationship and to be able to go to heaven. So when you, I mean, when you walk through that unreached people um, group, I mean, it's different from just hearing about it. And when you experience it, you feel more that weight, And you just know, I mean, someone has to go. So I I think for me, just more so confirm that and just my desire to go, but also my desire just to share with people that are are in my community right right now and everybody can do that. Yeah, absolutely.
1: What about you, Andy? How did this trip help you? And your calling
3: i think i'd echo a lot of the same sentiments that that josh just said um it was really cool about this trip like was being able to see those really big highs of sharing the gospel with yeah. people who had never heard it and also the lows of like of getting sick and just yeah. and it's it's it was great to see both of those and to realize that like yeah there's a cost but that cost is so worth it yeah. because there's 3.4 3.6 however many billion people who've never heard the gospel before. Mm -hmm. And as a young single guy, right? It's, it's not even a question of, of, you know, why am I going? It's a question of why wouldn't I go, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, and, I, and the same as Josh, right? I feel that need to just share with everybody around me because there, there are lost people all around us and people who have never heard the gospel. But here, at least they have a chance. So There's a church in every street corner. It's free on the internet. There are some countries that people have no chance of hearing the gospel unless someone goes. And so I think it definitely affirmed that calling. Um, I think it made it a little more real, right? Not mm-hmm. just a fanciful thing in my imagination, yeah. but a real concrete... Like this is what this is what it can cost and this mm-hmm. is why it's worth it.
1: Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, you guys had a unique experience, right? Three guys going on a trip and kinda all kinds of crazy places you went, you know, just as three guys want to Adam went with you. But you know, you, usually the the teams I've led <sighs> have been a little bit larger than three guys, right? And um and so just a little bit different. So you guys have a very unique experience. But with that unique experience, there are people who are listening to this podcast who have never had the opportunity to go on an international mission trip. And and um, maybe there's going to be an opportunity coming up. You know, I know we're going to look to go back to Indonesia. Uh, we've got an opportunity to go to Japan in August of um, 2023, which we're going to start talking about as a church family. What what year is this? We're in 2022 now, right? Yes. I can't keep up with you. You are right, my friend. When you get old, you just can't keep up with the years. You, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? <laughs> but in 2023 we are have an opportunity to go to japan so we've, we have some really cool opportunities coming up here in uh in our own faith family to, to send our church out on mission so for that person who's never been on an international mission trip and is thinking oh, maybe i'll give it a try i don't know how would you guys encourage that person who might be wrestling with that decision of whether he or she should take that step of faith and go on that short-term inter- international mission trip
3: yeah. So I think that the first thing I would say, obviously is, is if you have that chance, absolutely go right. Yeah. You know, you, there's, there's never going to be a moment where you're going to feel so in line with what God is calling you to do, regardless yeah. of where it is when you're just, when you've just dedicated an entire week, 10 days, you know, two weeks to just sharing the gospel. Right. I remember I, I hopped on my plane, the first plane ride I'd ever taken and God gave me the opportunity to share the gospel right mm, there yeah. in America. Great. And I was like, wow, like When you, when you do as the Lord calls, he's so faithful Mm -hmm. to, to, to answer and just bountifully provide, um, and just getting outside of your culture and seeing that there's just, there's, there's such a, a vast world out there of of different peoples who all need Jesus, right? Um, it's, it's such a unique thing. Um, and it's so cool to to almost see revelation seven nine happening mm, right where mm, every people every mm. every language every tribe is going to be gathered before the throne of mm. god just praising him that's good so. that's good what about you josh
4: I don't think I've heard anyone come back from a mission trip and was like, you know, that, that was, was the re- worst thing ever did in my <laughs> life, right? <You> never right. <laughs> right. No one says it was a waste of time. Like you yeah. always hear like, this was a life changing experience for me. Just to be able to see a different cultures, different area of the world. And I think you really do come back mm-hmm. uh, again with just that burden to share. So if you have, if you had the opportunity, just, just go. Yeah. I mean, nothing cool. else you can really say.
1: Let me ask you a question, Logan. We'll, we'll start in our time together. Um, it wasn't long ago that you were where they are, right? You're still relatively young. You're getting older, but you're still relatively young. Um, but it wasn't that long ago that you were where they are. And now for you, the the, um, the table's kind of turned just a bit, right? You're not the young guy going on a trip. You're the, you're the old guy mentoring and leading young guys in how to – Walk in the mission of God, what was it like for you to be on this trip and kind of being that that mentor and that, that coach to these guys?
2: It was a ton of fun for me, um, again. And, I mean, I don't know personally what God has for my life down mm-hmm. the road. Like, Heather and I are open to anything. We are totally content with where we are right now. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're, we're, we are where mm-hmm. God wants us to be. But, you know, those doors may open up down the road. Uh, it is so refreshing for me to get out of my own context Mm. um, with guys that I was already getting to know anyway. But, and just having, like Andy said, having 10 days where I'm not on my phone all the time and we just get to sit down and share the gospel and process through scripture together and have gospel conversations. And really it's just a joy, Mm. you know, like my job is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Mm. and doing short-term missions is part of that yeah absolutely for for god's calling people out to go to go to the nations and whatever i can do to be faithful to help foster that i want to do that Um, and i know that if i was not doing that i would be unfaithful to my current my current role yeah um and so i mean it's just it is just so fun it's encouraging Mm -hmm. i come back refreshed now I didn't feel refreshed the first week after we got back, <laughs> <laughs> brutal, no, you so. but come back spiritually refreshed. And like Josh said, Josh and Andy both said, it, it compels me to remember, hey, the mission is not just being in another country. Mm. The mission is where God has me right now. So in my neighborhood, with my circle of influence, with my friends, with my family members, that's where the mission is right yeah, now. Yeah. now. that doesn't negate me from thinking about and praying for and giving and going to the nations. We want to continue to do that. Um, but I just remember, man, one of the most encouraging things for me, and I know for Adam, like we got to talk about this a lot. He loves having short term teams out. Yeah. It's work for him to do that. Absolutely. Like he's away yeah, from plan his family their schedule. For a week. Yeah. He's planning schedules. He's doing all this. But it's so incredibly refreshing for him and his family just to have people come encourage them. Yeah, absolutely. And so if there's nothing else, if there's no other reason that you want to go right now other than, hey, I just want to go encourage our missionaries, that's a worthy thing to go yeah, and do. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, and good. I
2: promise that if and when you're there, your eyes will be open to the mission of God. Um, and so some of my favorite times on the trip were just, man, Adam and I just talking, mm. and just talking about the gospel, talking about parenting, talking about marriage, talking about... Ecclesiology and what what goes on in the church in Indonesia, and just thinking through theological things together. Um, all of that, the entire experience is refreshing for me. And so and I'll just encourage anybody if you just, it doesn't matter if you're in high school, if you're in college, if you're near retirement, mm. you can go. Yeah. And you don't know what God's going to do, you don't know how God's going to use you. And so just be open handed. Yeah. You just want to be open handed right. with our time, our money, our resources, and our lives ultimately. Um, to see what to see what God may do and how He may use us in that. That's good. That's good. That's good,
0: pops. Yeah, Pastor, this has been great. Josh and Andy and John Logan. There you go. That's a. <laughs> that's
2: I work. I work one. with you, Trey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I was looking
0: over there anyway. Uh, appreciate you guys coming and sharing. Appreciate you guys going too. That's that's huge. And uh, it 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 is a blessing to know that y'all have gone and and done the work of God and it's it's just uh, touches our hearts and we'll be praying for you guys in the future looking forward to what God's going to do Pastor why don't you close yeah, us yeah, out and this get us good. ready hey, for next yeah, week
1: like Trey already said it. thank you guys for taking the time to share with us this is really good and really encouraging and I hope if you're listening today this has been encouraging to you and helpful for you and if it has been encouraging and helpful Go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you can have new content delivered to your device every single week. Leave us a five-star review. It helps us get word out about the podcast. And as always, we hope today's episode has helped you connect faith to life.